what you see. Stop believing what you see. I'm going to give you time to write this down. You're going to miss this. You don't write this down, I'm telling you. Someone's going to miss out. Stop believing what you see and start seeing what you believe. That's from the Lord. Some of you will get that tomorrow, like at 3 in the afternoon. Oh, maybe Friday, maybe tonight when you lay down. But write that down. Stop believing what you see and start seeing what you believe. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, anoint your word tonight. I know you've placed something on my heart. I ask you to impress it upon the hearts of everyone here. I come against every and any thought, spirit of darkness, witchcraft, sorcery, anything that would come against your word tonight. Pray and thank you right now that you've already released your anointing in this place to touch our hearts, minds, and spirits, to set our minds on what you have for us tonight, not thinking about tomorrow, next week, or even after service, but focusing tonight on your word and what it's going to do for us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. I want you to go to Deuteronomy 28. I have not read from here yet. Believe it or not, since uh, we're going to continue tonight on this series, believe it or not, this is actually the really core of, of uh, blessings and curses um, from the Bible, but I haven't gotten to it yet, and I'm not even going to get into it to a lot, but I do want to give you a piece of it tonight. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, it says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that your Lord your God will set you high above nations of all the earth. Now, before I read too, I want to hit something real quick. When God says something will come to pass, it will come to pass. Okay, man can lie and man can fail and man can deceive, but God says, and it shall come to pass. That's why I said stop believing what you see and start seeing what you believe because we got to believe what the Word says. And we got to believe that we can grasp something in the spirit, in the spirit realm, in, in, in the air uh, of faith and believe for something that we cannot see. God does not want us to live by what we see. That Anybody can do that. God wants his people to believe in what they cannot see. And so we've got to stop believing everything we see and start seeing what we believe. Amen? So he says, it shall come to pass. That means it's going to happen. But he says, if. That, that's, that's the key to the Bible. God has many promises and many blessings and, and many great things for us, but we have to be in the if, and that's the application part. That's the appropriation part. That's where I make things happen in my life. That's where I make the Word of God come to life when I walk in the if. How many follow that? He says, I, I've got all this for you, but I need you to do this. So he says, it, it will come to pass if, and, and if it's not coming to pass, then we're not in the if. Simply that. And so if I'm not seeing things come to pass, if I'm not seeing what I believe, then I'm probably believing what I see. But if I begin to see things come to pass, I can know without a doubt that I am, I am standing in the if of God. I'm doing what God is telling me to do. 
and he says it will come to pass if what? If I diligently what? Obey. Obey. Obey, obey, obey. That's been the silver lining since Sunday morning, and it's the silver lining of God's word. Let's read on. Verse 2. I don't want to take too much time on this, but I want you to get that. Verse 2. And all these blessings. Say blessings. How many like that word? Blessings shall come upon you. I like that. Come upon you. And I like this even more. Shall overtake you. How many would like to be taken over by blessings? By taken control by blessings. That So many blessings that they're overtaking you that you can't even keep up with them. I'd like that. Amen. That, that is God's will. He says that will overtake you. Why? What's the if? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall the fruit of your body, shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. And for us tonight, all those things we just read, unless we're farmers, is our job and our bank accounts and how we live and how we eat and how we're provided by God for. Those are those things he says, I'll bless you in those things. I'll bless you in them. I'll bless you in them. I'll bless you in those things. Amen. He's a God of blessing. And he says, blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. And the last verse I want to read from here tonight, although there's many more we can read, and I'll get into them Sunday, is the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. Hallelujah. Amen. That ought to get you excited. Amen. He will cause your enemies that rise against you to be defeated before your face. You shall come out, they shall come out against you one way, and flee before you seven ways. A lot of times when I'm praying, I say, devil, you, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I command you to flee in seven directions. And they're shooting out like cockroaches, amen? Leaving everywhere the light comes on, the cockroaches hide, amen? How many know when the light comes on in the kitchen, the mice and the cockroaches and everything else shoots away into the darkness? That's what God's promise is for us tonight, amen? I want you to go, if you would, to the book of Malachi. I've already prayed, I've already asked God to just prepare our hearts to understand that um, this isn't just any old message tonight, but the Lord really has impressed this on my heart. I had no plans of preaching on, on giving or uh, our tithes or any of that, but the Lord impressed it on me. And how many, how many trust and believe that I try to hear from the Lord and try to say what the Lord puts on my heart? Amen. So I hope that you trust that. I'm always saying, God, please, and I'm always worried, please, don't let them think this, don't let them think that, don't let them. And so I hope that you are beyond that. I believe that you are. I believe we're mature enough for that. But I really believe this part right here of finances and money and giving is a humongous part in the middle of what we're talking about when it comes to blessings and curses because we really have to be careful not to walk in the curses. We want to walk in the blessings. We want to be blessed by God. God, and, and I just read seven verses that says to me, he wants to bless us. He wants us to have, to be overtaken by blessings, amen? So when we begin to talk about obedience, 
I have my wallet up here just as a visual because I've said this before and it's a fact and many of you that have been saved for a while know this. This is a lot of times the last thing that gets saved in a Christian person's life. It's the last thing that gets sanctified. It's almost like when we come to the altar, we kind of leave it here. You know, we're praying and we say, okay, we're going to come to the altar and we just kind of go and we leave the wallet there and then we come down to the altar. Amen. We need to bring the wallet with us to the altar and we need to offer the wallet to God too because this is really, really important. Amen. And it doesn't matter if you have a lot in your wallet or a little, a lot in your bank or a little, a lot anywhere or a little. It's a principle of, of understanding that God gives everything that I have. The Bible says in James that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Everything good. Psalms 24 says, everything in the earth is the Lord's. Everything. We are lent by God life. We are lent by God breath. We are lent by God house and car and food and clothes. He just gives it to us, but it's his. And he causes us to be stewards. So as we read so many, let me get there myself. As we read so many uh, verses on, in, on Sunday, in different areas, and God took us different places, we saw over and over again that God is simply watching and looking for us to do what? Obey. It's not that hard. Just to obey. He just wants us to do what his word says. Now, if you've been with this church very long, you know that a lot of times when I preach or when I study something out, I, I really try to go find out what things are being said about a subject or what's being preached or what's being believed and I can tell you tonight that many churches uh, around the world preach and teach that tithing, the giving of 10% of our income to the Lord through the church, is not a New Testament teaching. Many teach that. And so just like I do with the rapture and just like I do with uh, uh, eternal security and just like I do with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all those subjects that we talk about, just like all those things, I go and I look and let me, let me see what they're saying. Let me see what their angle is. Let me see what it is. What's the reason why? And I want you to understand something as we get into this that I'm going to show you scripturally that it is biblical and in several different ways, but I want you to think about something. We know that every single one of us tonight comes from a place we live in, whether it's an apartment or a house. We drove here in a vehicle, and we work, and we have jobs, and we know that we can't eat. We can't do anything without money. We, we can try to get away from that as much as we can, but money is something we cannot live without. And we know that 1 Timothy 6 says that, that money is not a problem. Money by itself... I don't know if I have any money in there or not, but I don't think you know what money looks like. But if I pull out a, a bill of any kind and put it here, that money in itself is not bad or good. It's just paper. It's just paper. But we make that money good or bad, obviously, by what we do with it. And then it becomes worse when I take that money that God has given me and I love it. God said the love of money is the root of all evil. Either tonight you're one of two people. Let me just be real straightforward with you. You're one of two people. You are a person that has money or you're a person that money has you. That's it. You have money or money has you. You're one of two people. And God's will is that you'd be the person 
that you have money. That money does not have you. That you don't love money. You love God and you have money. And the money you have is God's. That's really God's will. So I know that we have a lot of new converts and new believers maybe haven't heard even a teaching on this. And we don't do this a lot. But this is really important in this blessing and cursing place. Because I began to think, I was talking to my brother-in-law. I'm really excited that my brother-in-law and sister-in-law are going to be here Monday. They're going to be here for Christmas. Amen. Jose and Marcelo will be here to spend time with us. And we were talking, and many of you know that uh, he's going he's gonna, to, I'm going to let him preach while he's here too and tell his testimony for anybody that doesn't know. But he's an assistant pastor now, from an atheist to an assistant pastor. Amen. He's preaching the gospel, preached Sunday morning. If anybody wants to hear that that speaks Spanish, let me know. I'll pass it on. I have it on my phone. And he's going to be here. And we were talking because last year he was blessed to be able to start a church with this pastor. He's the assistant pastor too, which I know. I know the man. He's the son of a pastor. And they started this church up out of a hotel. And they began to, to you know, just uh, start all the, how start churches start. And I remember us having this conversation and me and him talked today. And he said that his pastor was was gonna I don't I don't believe he believed what I just said that they don't believe in tithings in the New Testament but what he was gonna do he was kind of heading the direction of seeker friendly so to speak where you know we're gonna make sure we don't offend people we're not gonna pass a basket around we're not gonna talk about tithes and offering we're not gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna let God be God okay that was his intention so they started the church and he didn't talk about tithes and he didn't talk about offerings and very quickly the bills were not able to be paid because people, just pay attention to this, people, when they give what they want to give, doesn't do what God needs it to do because we are selfish people. Okay? And we began to talk, and it was really interesting to me because I thought many times about churches that, that don't teach the principles. There's a reason why God teaches principles on giving because we, he knows how we are. And I just want you to think about this. If you, how many, how many have gone to eat? I don't care if it's fast food or regular. Anywhere in the last week, you went somewhere to eat. You ate somewhere outside of your house, okay? Look around, okay? If that was you, if you went and ate, can you imagine the waitress or waiter bringing you your check and, and giving you the food you ordered and just saying on the thing, pay me whatever you think is fair? Can you imagine? How many restaurants would go broke real fast? There is not too many people. I'm not saying there's not any. Not too many people are going to pay more than what that food's worth. How many have seen uh, over the years different posts and different things where people have gone in, and I just saw one the other day, and and it it makes me mad. They said, uh, I I have kids to feed, so I can't afford to tip you. They wrote that on on the thing. I have kids to feed, you know, rough times, it's Christmas, so I can't afford to tip you. If you can't afford to tip, don't go eat. Okay, that's another story, but don't go eat if you can't afford to tip, because that's what those people live off of, is tips, okay? But can you imagine if I got an electric bill here from our church, and it's like, you know, almost $1,000, and the, I just say, you know what, I, I'm, I don't, I don't want to pay $1,000. i am going to pay what I think our electricity is worth. Come on. What would happen? We'd be in the dark. We'd be using candles tonight, amen? We wouldn't have electricity up here. How many are following what I'm saying? If God left to us giving in general, we would never be able to do anything in the kingdom of God. 
because he has to say, I know how my people are. I need to have some kind of standard. I need to have some kind of thing to pay. Can you imagine your rent or your house payment if your owner said, hey, pay me what you feel like you should pay me? I mean, all those things I just said would be great. Society would not exist. Come on. And so I think there's a reason that God established in Genesis 14 at the very beginning of the Bible that when we get money, we would tithe off of it. And as I was talking to my brother-in-law, I said today, today I said, you know, God could have easily said with Jacob and, and Abraham and Isaac in Genesis, he could have easily said, and Abraham gave what the Lord put on his heart. And Abraham gave an offering. But he said the word tithe. And the tithe means tenth. That's simply what tithe means. And then in other scriptures, without going into them tonight, God goes on to say that it, it's not just a tenth, it's a what? What can somebody tell me that it is besides just a tenth? It's first. We saw that thing not too long ago that Pastor Andrew showed that was really great about the pie. If I begin to pay my bills and I begin to do the things I need to do and I begin to do this and I begin to do that and I try to pay my tithes 10% after everything's been paid, how many know there's not going to be 10% left? So why do you think God says, I want you to pay your tithe first because he's asking us, let's go back to the statement we started with, he's asking us to stop believing what we see and start seeing what we believe. He's asking us to tie into him as a supernatural God who can do things that I cannot do on my own. And anybody in this place that has understood tithing has understood that you're not just being obedient, but you're actually tapping in to the supernatural when you give God what is God's, amen? And you open up the blessing of the Lord to come down on your life. Because if I try to do things with what I have and I ask God to, you know, God, you just kind of stay over there and I'm going to do my thing, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. But when you tap into what God wants you to do with him, anything's possible. So Malachi chapter 3, watch this with me. Many have never heard this verse, I promise. There's some in here who've never heard this. So for, let me say this to anybody who has. Get something new out of this tonight. God's got something new. I hope the first thing I said was a good start for that, that we can all still get something new out of this. I can listen to, the, to, to, to a message about uh, anything, and every time it's preached, I'm going to get something new. God's going to give me a different angle on it. Amen? But let's look at Malachi chapter 3. This is the last chapter, or the last book of the Bible in the Old Testament. And it says, and right before I read this, I forgot to say this. I told you in Genesis 14, um, the, the first tithe happened, and then Genesis 28 was the second. Churches will teach. Here's what they'll teach. They will teach, and, and many of us in these forums have began to see as we're studying out the Word, we're saying, look, this is what, this is what the Bible says, this is what people teach, right? We, we, we've learned things from uh, denominations or religions and kind of have a thing that's been taught to us, but we're going back to the Word. What they'll teach is that tithing was under the law. That's, that's what they'll say. Tithing is under the law. And so since we're not under the law anymore, we don't have to pay the tithes. Well, that's not even true. Because the first tithe was paid in Genesis 14, 430 years before the law was written. So it's not under the law. Tithing has nothing to do with the law. 
But even if it was, which it's not, but let me throw this something out to you. How many know the Ten Commandments were in the law? Do we stop going by the Ten Commandments now because we're under the new law? Don't we still, don't we still honor the Ten Commandments? So just because, like I said, it, is, it was before the law, but even if it wasn't under the law, we, there's things there that are principles that we live by and that don't change, okay? So now let's go uh, to Malachi, and let's look at what this says in chapter 3. And I want you to look at verse 6, and God's going to confirm what I just said. How many are there? For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. And he mentions Jacob from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Watch this. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. And what does he say to do? Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. And they say, well, and what shall we return? And, and, and this is about as simple and as straightforward as anything in the Bible. He says, will a man rob God? We know robbery exists. Robbery exists all over the world, and guess what? We've, we've robbed as believers, as people. We've robbed. Nobody in, here, nobody in here has never robbed something. We've all robbed something. We've all stolen something, all of us. I'm not talking about you, maybe you did something and got caught. We've, we've robbed something, trust me. We've stole something. We've taken something that was not ours. Maybe the rob is a kind of a strong word. We've taken something that was not ours. All of us. We're all, we all fall short in that area. So he says, what, will a man rob God? He says, but you have robbed me. And they say, what? In what? What have we robbed you in? In what? Who's, who's there? What, what if people robbed him? And why, why would he take a chapter and a verse and actually say, look, we're in, we're in a situation here. This is not good. You've been robbing me in what? Tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. Giving, basically God is saying, giving to me what is mine. It's not yours. It's mine. So it says, you've been robbing me in tithes and offerings. And watch what the following verse says. I don't say this to scare you. This is God's word. If you rob God, and don't give what God is his. What does he say there in the word? What does his word say? I'll let you read it so it's not coming from me. You're cursed with a curse. Cursed with a curse. And, and going back to the verses we've been reading for the last couple services, we understand that curses come when what? We don't obey. That simple. When I don't do what God asks me to do. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now watch, he says... This is what's happened. I've been robbed. I've, I, I, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Let, let, come back to me, he says. He says, let's do this. He says, bring all the tithes in. To the what? What's the storehouse in the New Testament? The church. The place you're fed. Your home. The place you live. The spiritual place. This is the place you come to. This is the storehouse. He says, bring them all into the storehouse. That there may be what? Food in my house. Meaning provision. Now, this is the best part. This is the best part right here. He says, try me. And another translation would say what? Test me in this. How many know the Bible says, do not test the Lord your God? Yet God says here, in tithes and offerings, listen closely, new believers. This is the only place in the entire Bible God says you can test him. I mean, try him. I mean, I'm going to see if this is going to work. I'm going to see if this is going to work. But here's the thing before I read this last part of this verse. 
got to get this. Someone could come up to me. I've had this happen in the past over the years. Someone came up to me and said, hey, I, I want my money back. For what? Because I've been tithing for two weeks, and I have not seen the blessing of God. I, want, I, I gave off my last paycheck. I, I want my money back. It don't work for two weeks. You can't change 50 years of mess up and two weeks of trying something. Amen. When he says try something, try it for reals. Try it with the attitude that I'm going to trust God. I'm not doing this just to do it. I'm going to trust God and see if God can do this. But don't just try it once. Try it with the attitude that I'm going to obey God and he's going to show me that he's real. Don't do it off one thing. I've had that happen. Amen. Many, I'm sure many pastors have had that. I want my money back. It's not mine anyways, guys. I can't give it back to you. You gave it to God. Did you know that a lot of people that give to churches have an erroneous attitude too about giving? And they'll say, well, I, first, it's sad anyways, but they say, I can't give to that church because I don't know where it's going or I don't know where it's in. Once the money leaves your hands, you're not even giving. You are giving to the church, but you're not giving to the church. You're giving to God. Once it leaves your hands, it's done. You've done your part. It doesn't matter what's done with the money. You've done your part. But the sad part of that is when people say, man, I, I don't know if I can give here because, you know, I don't know what's going on. Well, you're in the wrong church then. If you're worried, then you're in the wrong church. You should be able to be somewhere where you're not worried about what's going on with the money. Amen? So he says, test me in this. This is the end of this verse. Verse what, 10, right? And see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will be, there will not be room enough to receive it. That's a promise from God. Now, I, I, I don't want to read on anymore for time, but the next couple of verses says that God, God not only will bless you, but he'll rebuke the devourer. Meaning, that was my fan, if you can hear that. It's hot up here. Meaning he's, he's going to hold back the devourer. You know what this means? This doesn't mean you're never going to have car problems. This doesn't mean you're never going to have a refrigerator break. This doesn't mean you're never going to have lack. It means that when you're tied in with God supernaturally, when you have car problems, when you have a refrigerator problem, some way, somehow, supernaturally, money's going to come from a place that you didn't have it. Provision's going to come from a place you didn't have. And God's going to show up supernaturally to show you that he says, I'm God. I will rebuke the devourer. He can't destroy what is mine. Get back. Get back. That's the promise of the Lord. Amen? So, I want you to go quickly to the New Testament. I'm going to show you a couple things. Most of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, when somebody is trying to say, something's not of God today, you know what they do? They say, let's say what Jesus said. I love it when they say, let's see what Jesus said, because that's what I want to see too. I want to see what Jesus said. And Here's an example as we get to Matthew, I think 23. Matthew 23. As you get there, here's an example. We know that there are many, many, for example, sexual perversions. And you're thinking, what does that have to do with this? Watch. Many sexual perversions that happen in the world, in life. Many. Many. And so some would say, well, 
You know, Jesus didn't mention specifically this sexual perversion or homosexuality or, or bestiality or any of the crazy things or, or prostitute. He didn't mention any of that. But when Jesus said what marriage is, he's answering the question, well, I haven't answered all that other stuff because he said, he said my pact with men and women is that a man and a woman would be married and they would be married by themselves and no one else would come in and they would stay together. He didn't have to talk about all those other things because the answer was in that. Okay? He didn't have to be specific about the other things because it didn't change from the Old Testament. You're supposed to stay with that man or woman. You're supposed to, it's supposed to be a man with a woman. And, he's, and he's, that he, gives the, he gives the definition of marriage without going into all, all that other stuff. So he does the same thing here with finances. Matthew 23. 23. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. He says, You hypocrites. You give a what? You give a tithe. And, of course, he says spices and mint and dill and cumin. That, that's different than our day. We're not farmers. We're not dealing with that. It's that. There's an increase. He says you give your tenth of those, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You know what he's saying when he says that? He says your heart's wrong. He says you're doing something out of religious obligation but you're not doing it with the right heart and let me mention something at this moment right here if you're not going to tithe with the right heart don't do it but don't think that if you don't do it you're off the hook because you're still going to be cursed your finances are going to be messed up and you're never going to see the blessings of God you know we hear that saying sometimes hey you know give what you have um, you know if you have a dollar give a dollar and all those things we say and it, it, those, those are true in, in, in a way but you can't just sit back and say to the menu or to the waiter I'm going to pay what I have can't tell your electric bill I'm going to pay what I have can't tell your mortgage I'm going to pay what I have you have to pay what it says you're supposed to pay to be in good standing. I can have a, the electric bill, I can pay 500 and guess what? Not only are they going to turn the lights off, I'm going to owe 500 plus the next bill. It's not going to go away. And a reconnection fee, right? And it gets worse and worse and worse. They add things on and it gets worse and worse. But how many are understanding what I'm trying to say? God's looking for this right here. He's looking for a heart that loves him and wants to be generous. Wants to be generous but guess what? We're not generous people. We are selfish people. And I'm not talking to you personally. I'm just talking in general. We're selfish. We're, we're not generous. We can be generous. We can become generous. But we're not. not. Not naturally. If you don't believe that, we'll just all get up and walk in the nursery right now. We give a little object lesson. I've used it before. Those kids aren't in there going, here, play with this. Here, you want to play with this? Here, here, here's my toy. No, mine, mine, no, mine, no. That's what we do from little kids. No, mine. We still do it when we get older. God says, give me what's mine. We say, nope, mine. And then sadly and ridiculously, we get in a fight with God. Who's going to win that fight? We're never going to win that fight, but we fight it sometimes. God... I'm going to do this on my own. I, I can't afford to pay my tithes. I can't afford to pay my tithes. This is an interesting time. Let me finish this verse. Let's go back to the middle. 
But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And what does he say here? Real simple, real clear. You should have practiced the latter without what? Without neglecting the former. He says you should tithe. It's that simple. He didn't have to spend a chapter on it. Because in his eyes, tithe was never stopped. Tithe was never an issue. Why, why would it be talked about? It, it didn't need to be talked about again. It didn't need to be addressed again. But I'm going to say something that's going to rock your world tonight in a good way. Is that okay? Can I rock your world in a good way? Because it rocked mine. I had never seen this before. I saw this today or yesterday. I don't know when. And this really, really, really was awesome. I love when I find new stuff that I've never, and maybe I have, but I don't think so. Here's the interesting thing. We talk about the new covenant a lot. We understand that now in the new covenant, we don't have to go for our sins and, and go find a lamb and bring him in and sacrifice him and the blood flow. And we don't have to go to the priest and the priest goes in for us. And there's a lot of things in the Old Testament that they used to have to do, ritual acts and stuff. And so some, somehow, some way in our minds, we kind of think that we've got it better off, which we do, but we might think it's easier to be in the new covenant. Follow me. We might think it's easier to be under the new covenant because we don't have to go get a lamb to, to uh, sacrifice for our sin. And now in the New Testament, guess what? It's actually more that God asks of us, not less. Follow me. In the Old Testament, he said, go get a lamb and sacrifice the lamb for your sins. In the New Testament, he says, sacrifice yourself not a lamb I don't want a lamb anymore I want all of you come on let that marinate then he goes on to say watch this no longer do we live in where the Bible says an eye for an eye you punch me in the face I punch you in the face you poke my eye I poke your eye you cut my finger I cut your finger that's what the Old Testament was guess what the New Testament is love your enemies turn the other cheek Sounds a little harder to me than the Old Testament. Sounds like God is actually not expecting me to do less. He's actually expecting me to do more. How many are following me? Think about it. Here's another example. Same with tithe. I can only conclude that the whole that the same holds true with the tithe. Tithe used to be the requirement in the Old Testament. Now, according to what I just said about eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, uh, uh, the first thing I said about, um, what's the first thing I just said? The sacrifice of the lamb to myself. Now, tithe was the requirement. Now, tithe is the minimum. Tithe's the minimum. I'm just going to stop here for a second because that hit me. I never thought about it that way. 24 years of being saved, 24 years of studying God's word. I never thought about that. Wow, God's actually expecting more of me now. It's not just a religious act. It's everything. He doesn't just want me to do, because in the Old Testament, this is why Jesus had to come. In the Old Testament, they could do things religiously and be okay, but their heart was still jacked up. Now God says, I need your heart to be right if you want to be under my grace. My grace is there, but if you want to be in the if, I need your heart to be right. I need your heart to line up with me. How many see that tonight? Here's another example. He says in the, he says in the Old Testament that 
if you commit adultery, that's, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. He makes it even harder now. In the Old Testament, you would actually commit the act physically. Now in the New Testament, under this higher standard actually, he says if you even look with lust in your eye on somebody else, you have committed the act. So how many are seeing that, that God has not changed, but what he has done is actually expected us to step up because he sent his son to do something absolutely amazing. And so he expects us to step up too and not to do it to be saved, but to do it because, watch this, because we honor God. We honor God. We honor his sacrifice. We love him and what he did. So I'm going to step up my game too. And I'm not just going to give out of requirement. That's just the very minimum I can do now. Now I'm going I'm to give above and beyond in every area of my life. Amen. To close. Luke 12, 48 says, From everyone who's been given much, much will be required. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So what does that mean? It's especially as we begin to be discipled, we begin to learn. Man, I, I maybe I didn't even know I was supposed to give money. Well, I know I'm supposed to give money. That's obvious. I mean, they take up an offering all the time. We're supposed, But I didn't know I was supposed to give a certain amount. I know God expected that of me. It's called stewardship. It's called stewardship. It's, it's, it's doing what God asks us to do. And like I said, with the right heart. So I want to finish in Proverbs, if you'll go there with me real quick. Because I said the word honor for a reason. This is really what it comes down to. Do I honor God? That's the question. And maybe it's because of the time of the year we're in that the Holy Spirit impressed this on me. Because we're fickle people. I preached a message many years ago. I should preach it in called Fickle Feelings. We kind of feel and do, sorry, we do according to how we feel. And we kind of feel like we can, you know, there's a show that was old called Let's Make a Deal. We kind of feel like we can make a deal with God sometimes. Like, you know, you can call up your car company that you have a payment with and you can say can I defer a payment ask me how I know maybe you've done that before you can defer a payment you can say hey I, I, I'm a little behind right now can I defer this payment till the next month amen and some car places are better than others they'll give you like a certain amount some don't do it at all thank God last time I had a car payment which I don't have hallelujah anymore. When I had that car payment, I had to call several times to say, hey, can I get a deferred payment? I think that we think because we can do that with our car payment, we can do that with God. God, can I defer this month? It's Christmas time. I, I need to buy some gifts for people. Can I use your money for my Christmas gifts? Come on, I'm going to step on your toes a little bit here for a second. Can I use your money, God? And you know what God's going to say? You can, but there's a cost to it. Why? Because we have free will. We talked about that Monday night. I can do whatever I want with my money. But if I want his blessings, then I have to obey. And when you really start to understand the truth of God, you begin to pay your tithes first. 
and the money seems to be there somehow, some way. It seems to miraculously come around. I got my dad back there that's been saved over 50 years, and he knows God doesn't fail. I know there's a lot of people in here who've been saved a long time, amen? 30 years, right? Doesn't fail. How many's got over 20 years? Of, uh, I'm one of them. 20 years, raise your hand. Got over 20 years, okay? This is, what's, this is what's good and bad. It's awesome that we have those, but it's also awesome we have a lot of people who are really young in the Lord. Raise your hands again if you've got over 20 years in the Lord and you've seen God be faithful. Look around, guys. Look around at those hands. Okay? You've been saved 20 years. Not you're over 20 years old. You've been saved over 20 years, and you're a faithful tither, and you've seen God be faithful. So all the rest, you can look around and say, okay, it works. It works. But you have to make a decision. Do I honor God or not? This kind of happens in May and June, too. We get around to a summer vacation. You know, I, I, God, can I use your money to go on vacation? Right? And what God really is saying is, no, don't ask that. Give me what is mine, and I'll give you a vacation. I will open up a door. I will make a way. And if I don't make a way like you want me to make a way, guess what? You'll be happy with no vacation because you'll have done what you were supposed to do. Can you say amen? I'd rather be right with God than wrong every time. So God says, Proverbs 3, verse 7, don't be wise in what? Your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. And then watch this. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Okay, stop right there for a second. I'm closing. Honor the Lord with your possessions. My pastor said one time, very truthfully, and really straightforward, but I happened to be there one Sunday when he said it, and I laughed really hard. He said, I came in this morning, and I saw some nice cars out he said, a whole bunch of them are stolen because you're paying for them with your tithe money. <laughs> Amen. I'll never forget it, man. It's, I can't, uh, it's so true. Amen. He said, there's some nice cars out there and you're, there's some stolen ones. But see, here's the thing that's interesting with God. There's no God police. There's no God police that said, you know, the sirens don't come and and the angels don't show up at the door and say, we got to arrest you because you didn't pay your tithe this month. Right? We don't have anybody doing that. It would almost be better if they would. But he doesn't do that. He just simply says, as we talked about Sunday, I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose. Right? That's what he says. So every one of us, every one of us in this place tonight has our own personal decision. What am I choosing? Am I choosing to, to, to believe what I see or to see what I'm believing for? Because if I begin to see what I believe for, I connect to something supernatural. And I say, and I just want to throw this out for, again, many that have not heard this. When my, my wife and I first were in the ministry and got saved and, and started serving God, 
God opened up a door for me to go full-time ministry for the very first time. I had a very successful painting business. Um, short of one year in my life, I've never worked for anybody. I thank God for that. I've always been self-employed. I've always had my own business. I've always been able to take care of us sometimes better than others. And every marriage starts off rough financially. Can you say amen? I shouldn't say every, a lot. And he borrowed furniture and borrowed this and borrowed that. But we started off and had a very successful painting business. I was making good money. We had just bought an acre of land, had a, a brand new house. We each had a car. Kristen was just four years old. And God said, I want you to, I want you to uh, Genesis 22. I want you to get out of your comfort zone. And I want you to go full time as an past, assistant pastor. So back then, I was probably making, just guessing, like 3000 a month probably. This is like 20, 22 years ago, 20 years ago. I was probably making like 3000 a month, just to throw out a number. And the pay at this church for an assistant pastor was $800 a month. That's a big-time drop. 3000 to 800 So God says, I want you to do this. And he didn't ask me. He didn't say, hey, go, go pray about it. Go decide if you'd like to. Go decide if that's enough. He just said, do it. So me and my wife wrote down our bills and our income. She went to work in a daycare. And now our bills were over $2,000 a month. Our bills. House, brand new house, acre of land. God says, I want you to leave that. I want you to go step out. We're faithful tithers. And so I said, Okay. We did a little budget just for fun, $2,000 in bills. I'm making $800. She's making $700. That's $1,500. $2,000 bills, $1,500 income. $2,000 bills, $1,500 income. How's this going to work? How is this going to work? I started to see what I believed. I, I, I wrote that down for God and me. I was, I was believing what I was seeing. And then God said, I want you to start seeing what you believe. I've asked you to do this. Do you love me? Do you trust me? Will you, will you step out? Yes, God, I will. Stepped out. God is my witness for an entire year. That was our income. I didn't, I, God didn't say, go do a side job. He didn't say, he just said, be that assistant pastor. Work in that church. It was inner city church. Be in that place. So for one whole year... That was our income. Our bills, they, you know what? I didn't get no calls saying, hey, I heard you went in the ministry. Would you like us to lower your house payment? I was waiting for it. I didn't get it. The bill stayed the same. $2,000 a month. $1,500 income. Guess what? Every time I got my, every two weeks, I got my $400. And I paid my tithes on it. I didn't just pay 40 though. Sometimes I paid 60 Sometimes I paid 70. Sometimes I paid 100. I'm serious. I'm not saying this to boast. I said, you know what? I'm already way in the red anyways. Might as well believe something miraculous. I'm not going to be able to pay my bills anyways. What the heck? Let's be big. And, and, and that started something where I no longer grab. And listen, please don't take this the way, in any way. This is something the Lord taught me. I stopped nickeling and diming. 
I stopped going to the penny on my tithes and I started to tithe over. You know, if it was nine fifty, I gave ten dollars. If it was thirteen fifty, I gave fifteen or twenty. I just started to tip, you know, give give God extra. And for an entire year, for an entire year, we saw God not only pay our bills, but every once in a while we had money to go out to eat. I don't even know how, church. I can't to this day even explain it to you. I don't know how to this day still how that happened. You know what it is? It's called supernatural. And that was the beginning. And, it, and, and there's been ups and there's been downs. But the thing that I've seen over the years is whenever God has asked me for something, I've given it to him. And that's really what, and I'm taking a little bit longer on a Wednesday night than normal, but this is really what God wants, wants is your heart. When God gives you a desire of your heart, he'll say, I gave that to you. And just like Abraham, he'll say, will you give that back to me? Several times over the year, and many of you guys know this even recently, God has asked me to give back something he gave me. A desire of my heart. I had a really nice Toyota Tundra. God said, give it back. I gave it back. A really nice. I always wanted a truck. Give it back. That was not the first time that God has tested me. And I'm not saying this to boast. God knows my heart. I'm saying this to get you to the place where you understand you have to see what you believe. And, and here's, the, here's the really important thing to understand. God is, is testing you, but it's not a short-term test. He needs to see this faithfully. Some of you in here tonight, listen to the word of the Lord. You've been faithful. Listen closely. You've been faithful. And you haven't seen what God, what you think God has for you. But I want you to know tonight, the blessings are coming. Listen to me through the voice of the Lord. The blessings are coming. Amen. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Why? Because you've been faithful. And, and you've never wavered. You, some of you have given up things like I'm talking about, and you've sacrificed, and you said, you know what? If we don't have Christmas gifts, it's okay, because we're going to sit at the Christmas tree and drink hot cocoa from Walmart for 39 cents, feeling real good about the fact that I paid my tithes, and my kids are going to understand, and someday they're going to remember that even when things weren't good, I paid my tithes, and God was faithful. That's the answer. Doesn't mean we can't have musicians you can come. Doesn't mean we can't have gifts. And God doesn't want us to want everybody to have gifts and give gifts and all that. But you better not be using God's money to do that. Because that's God's not gonna honor that. Your kids aren't gonna honor that. Don't don't do that to your kids. Teach them. Teach them what really matters. Let them see what really matters and and, and see that God is just wanting to open up floodgates of heaven, but he needs you to trust him 100%. So, right, how many wrote that down? Stop believing what you see and start seeing what you believe. I believe in the, in the next couple months, I'm going to go on record to say this, you're going to come to me and you're going to say, Pastor, I need to testify. I need to testify. Because I caught that that night, and I began to see what I believe. And God has began to honor me as I've honored him. And blessings are coming, amen. God is going to do a new thing in us. He sees it, amen. He sees your faithfulness. But you know what? At the end of the day, this is my heart. God, even if you don't bless me, I'm still going to be obedient. 
because I have seen this. I've done this for too long. I've seen his hand too many times to go back. I can't. When, we, when people say I can't afford to tithe, I understand. Not a cliche. I understand. I cannot afford not to tithe. I cannot afford it. I cannot do it. I will not do it. I'll let my house. It's not about not being good. You've got to pay your bills. You need to be diligent. You need to do those things. But I'm not paying my house or my car or even this church before I pay my tithes. It's God first. It's God first. Let the lights go out in the house. Not, not, you shouldn't let the lights go out. Don't take that wrong. Don't just be, oh, whatever. But when it comes down to that choice, tithes or lights, I'm paying my tithes. And guess what? God will pay my lights. He'll pay my lights. Jesus endorsed the tithe. And not only did he endorse it, he said, not only do I want you to keep doing it, I'm, ask, I'm asking you to go to a higher calling. I'm asking you to do more. I'm asking you to be generous so that the kingdom of God can go forth. Father, I pray tonight that everything I've said has been what you've placed in my heart. As I prayed before service and even earlier today, God, when you placed this in my heart to speak this tonight, that everyone would take it the right way and take it from, from your word that you're, as my pastor's told me many times over the years, and I've caught it, he says, we're not trying to get your money. We're trying to get money to you. God's not trying to get your money. He's trying to get money to you. But if your fists are closed in selfishness and disobedience, he can't give you blessings. And if you won't give in the little, he can't give you much. Many quickly over this, all over this place. I know this is a thing about giving and faithfulness, but maybe you're not saved tonight. You have to give God the opportunity to touch hearts tonight. If you're not saved, just quickly say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to make sure I'm saved tonight. All over this place. We make a statement to the devil when we say that, that we're a soul-winning church. Maybe you're cold, you're running in the wrong direction not to God, but from God. Pastor, pray for me tonight. I need to get my heart right with God. As God sees your hearts tonight, I, I, this is, I guarantee you, I've never done this on a Wednesday night. But the Lord really impressed it on my heart to talk about this. And my prayer is that 100% of you guys will take this to heart. And really begin to let God show you who he is how faithful he is, how awesome he is. Something you teach your kids. I'm so proud of my daughters. Since they were very young, every time they'd get money, they'd get money from somebody, give someone, give them $10. Desi's, Desi was amazing. She'd get $10, and she'd come and say, Daddy, how much is my tithe? And I'd say, it's a dollar. She said, okay, I'm going to give five. She just had a generous heart since she was young. That's taught. It's caught. Parents, you you got to teach your kids. It'd be good to, it'd be good for you to take out your tithes and put them in the envelope before your kids at the house or something, and teach them, so that they'll grow up in understanding that I saw my parents pay their tithes, even when they didn't have the money to pay the house. Yet we never lost the house. God's a miraculous God. 
tonight as we stand, I want to pray over you. And I want to do something that, I promise you, I don't do things like this very often. I want you to bring, as you come to the altar tonight, I want you to bring your wallet or your purse and just bring it with you so it don't get left behind tonight. Just hold it. Just bring it. If it's in your wallet or pocket, just bring it. If you have your purse, just bring it. I'll, so I'll come to the front here and stand. I want to pray over you. I don't want to single anybody out. I, don't, I honestly don't know who ties and who doesn't ties other than leaders. We do, we do know who ties when it comes to leadership because we don't allow people to be in leadership if they don't tithe. Did everybody catch that? You're not allowed to be in leadership if you don't tithe. So we do know that, although we don't look at it. I don't know who does and who doesn't. I want everybody in this place tonight to get your wallet saved. I want you to see what I've seen. I want you to see the miraculous. And this could be for someone who's a teenager that's just starting with a job, to someone who's an engineer, to someone who owns their own business, to someone who's been saved a long time. Just say, God, I, I don't want anything. I don't want this to, to own me. I don't want to... I don't want money to have me. I want to have money that's blessed by God. And I'd rather have a little that's blessed than a lot that's cursed. Because don't get it twisted. There's a lot of people in this world who have a lot of money and they hate God. They hate Him. They don't honor Him. They don't don't love Him. They don't care about Him. But I'd rather, but I promise you, there's nobody who has a lot of money that doesn't honor God who's blessed by God. And that money is gonna die with them. You're never gonna see a hearse carrying a U-Haul behind it. Ever. And if you do, they can only go as far as the grave. You can't take it with you. And 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 this is a thing where a lot of times. We think, man, if I had a lot of money, if I had a lot of money, oh, I'd give it all. I'd give it all. But God says, I need you to, I need you to that's great. I, I, I believe you, but can you start giving off the $10 I just gave you first? That's what he says. He's basically like, hey, that's good ambitions. I need you to do the dollar first, please. Take 10, take 10 dimes, it's a dollar, one dime's God's. And that's, it's not yours. You just don't mess with that. We have a lot of people in this church that do really good with their money. Ask them. Ask them, how, can you help me do a budget? Can you help me? How do I get out of it? There's a lot of ways you can do it. But the thing you start with first is saying, from this day forward, I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm going to test you in this, God. And I just want to pray over you. I'm not asking you to do anything tonight other than make a decision. God, I'm going to honor you with my first fruits. I'm going to trust you. And, I, and I'm going to work and understand that when I work, see, I, don't, I get excited when, whenever I get more money than normal. I get excited when money comes from, I, I get to tithe. And I, I want to tithe a lot. I got to tithe one time. I got to tithe $5,000 one time. That's $50,000. When I came back from Costa Rica, you believe I came back from Costa Rica as a missionary with $50,000? That's crazy, right? Didn't last very long because we started a church. But I tithed $5,000. I would love to tithe $5,000 again. I would love it. How many would like to tithe $5,000? Wouldn't that be awesome? 
Some of you are like, I'm not in that league. Can I, I'd like to tithe 500, okay? I'd like to tithe 50. Amen. Whatever it is, your heart, it starts here. So we're going to pray over this tonight. I'm not going to take any longer. Hold your wallet. Hold your purse. Just maybe not. Maybe you don't have it here. I just want to pray a blessing as your pastor. I know that God wants to bless us. Father, we honor you tonight. And, and, I, and I want to start this off by thanking you for these awesome people here that I know are faithful already. This is, a, this is a, just a confirmation message for them. They're, they're, they're faithful. From teenagers to adults, they get paid and they give what's yours to, to you. And, and they're blessed. But God, there might be some future millionaires standing in this place tonight that might be poor right now. And church, listen to me. Keep your eyes closed. Listen to me as I say this. Pastor Jones' dad died a millionaire, but he was dirt poor growing up. And he just began to be faithful with his tithes. And he had a fifth grade education. And God began to say, if you'll give me what's mine, I'll bless you. I'll multiply you. And he turned into a multi-millionaire with a fifth grade education. God is supernatural. Just start believing what you see tonight. And, and Lord, we, we hold these wallets up and purses and in the place that, that holds money, that helps us live and eat and walk and, 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 and survive. And we say, God, this is just a vessel. Anoint it tonight. Take it tonight, Lord. And we honor you with it. And we pray that from this day forward, God, you're going to bless it. You're going to do supernatural things, Lord. I know there's miracles standing in this place tonight, Father. And God, you do much better than I do with my words. I just bless these wallets. I just bless these purses. Lord, we give them to you. We sanctify them tonight. We're not going to hold anything back that's yours. Lord, we're going to give you what's yours. We're going to release to you, Lord. And as we do that, we ask you to give us something that we don't have, which is generosity, Father. We ask you to give us a generous spirit, Lord, that's liberal and that's, that has faith and that continues to obey. And God, as we continue to do what we're supposed to do, you're going to do what your word says you will do. And Satan, you're defeated. And you're, we rebuke you as the devourer. You cannot steal. You cannot kill. You cannot destroy. Because Jesus said he's come to give life and life more abundantly, Father. And Lord, we pray that tonight, God, you are releasing finances. You are releasing promotions. You are releasing jobs, Father. You are releasing open doors. Father, you are releasing, Lord, supernatural things that man cannot give us. And God, we ask tonight, especially for those who have just consistently been faithful to you, God, to show them your glory, Father. Show them your glory, Father. Lord, I feel that in the spirit, Lord. You want to show them your glory, Lord. But Lord, we don't do it out of a out of a out of a compulsion tonight. We do it out of a heart of generosity and thanksgiving, Father, that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you have sacrificed everything to give us freedom tonight and liberty and salvation. So, Lord, we offer ourselves as living sacrifices tonight, Father. And Lord, we honor you tonight with this prayer you do now Lord what only you can do 
as I've spoken what you said to speak, Lord, we don't want any curses. We, we speak blessings over this place. Lord, you've seen the offerings we've given to missions. You've seen the sacrifices we've made for this church to keep it open, God. And Lord, you are going to pour out blessings upon us that we cannot contain, your word says. We can't even contain them, Father. Your word says that those blessings are going to overtake us. That we'll be reaping one blessing, Father, and as we're picking up that blessing, another blessing will be falling in front of it, God, and there'll be more than we can contain, Father. That's your word and that's your promise. And we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's just sing whatever you have real quick. I want you to keep your eyes closed. Now we're just going to thank him. Now we're just going to thank him. We're just going to sing this song of worship and we're going to thank him for what he's done tonight. As Kristen leads, just, just worship him tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your provision tonight, Jesus. Yes, God. We've been set free tonight from the love of money, Father. From selfishness, God. Oh, your grace is so amazing. How sweet the such a sweet spirit of grace in this place. There's such a sweet spirit of overcoming victory in this place tonight. Church, walk in victory tonight. Walk in victory tonight. Walk in victory tonight. Walk in obedience tonight. It is God's will to bless you. It is God's will to overshadow you with blessings tonight. Amazing grace. Lift your voice. It's amazing grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind. One more time, amazing grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
you, Jesus. save our wallets just like we do our souls father and lord uh, let us uh, take this word and and lord just uh, take it and hold on to it and lord we want to honor you with everything everything in our life whether it be the job we have or honoring you with our family and our marriages and and our love for each other father lord god we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ your son and, and the and the wonderful gift that uh, you did you you gave us something we could never ever give back and, and father we praise you we we know and we trust that you will take care of all of our needs let us go home and uh, be safe uh, Lord just give us travel mercies as we uh, either go out to have some dinner or just go home to relax. And, and we give you the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.